0: But I have a feeling after those thirty days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair.
1: Use code The Fifteen at checkout for fifteen percent off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm Megan.
0: We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life, but we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms
1: share tips and encouragement and remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here without Sarah Powers today because I am doing our monthly Voices interview where we talk with someone that we think is really going to help our listeners with some area of their lives or just has an interesting story to tell. And today I'm talking to Colleen Curtis, who is head of community at the Mom Project, which is an organization that's dedicated to building better workplaces for moms and helping mothers remain active in the workplace while really acknowledging our need for flexibility and respect in that role as a mom, particularly in the early months and years of motherhood. We got great questions from our community about everything from taking sick time and maternity leave to getting hired while pregnant and of course pumping uh, we got so many questions about pumping we're gonna get to those sarah our sponsor vionic is back today with their vionic vitals collection these shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring which will be here before we know it we've already talked about my uptown loafers and Willow slip on flat and your chardonnay heeled sandal but this collection also includes the walk 23 classic sneaker Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles.
0: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
1: Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created.
0: That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one.
1: Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash momhour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hi, Colleen. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm glad to be here. So we were just chatting about um, our kids, <laughs> right? Because yes. it turns out we are kind of neighbors. You live just a couple <laughs> hours away in Chicago and you were just here in St. Joe and your little guy got... Uh, had some fun in the Whirlpool fountain, sounds like. <laughs> yes. They
2: keep asking to go back. Yeah, yes. so that yeah, they, they, they think it's closer than it is because they slept the rest of the way home. Well, so.
1: right. So they got the benefit of, of not actually knowing what that drive is like. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, so we have this downtown. We have a, a fountain downtown that kind of I don't know. It's a, it's a fountain. It's like a big sprinkler a splash pad, yes. if you will. Yep. And every 10 minutes or so, it goes from just kind of mild to wild. And these cannons go crazy. And it's always hilarious to watch the looks on little kids' faces when they suddenly are getting totally soaked and sprayed. So. I
2: think my face, too, because yeah. I had not. You had didn't not know it was there. coming?
1: And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, and he's super far away from me. Of course, yeah. he didn't care. Yeah, and he sometimes was, if you're, like, sitting like, close enough and the wind is just right, you can get soaked, yeah. not even being oh, totally. So, <laughs> well, I'm really glad um, to have you here because I, we have gotten so many questions from moms about working mom topics. And Great. as the head of community for the, the Mom Project, you are in touch with those moms. You know what their struggles are. So I'm sure I I shared with you some of the questions we got on Instagram. I'm sure none of them were a surprise.
2: No, (laughs) none of them were a surprise. Now we hear, um, you know, a couple different buckets of questions, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on where moms are at within their, you know, journey. Um, But ultimately, like there's some, you know, kind of top questions within within each of those inflection points. Yeah.
1: So what I did was organize the questions. We're going to start with the more. Um, general questions that apply to kind of all moms that are in the workplace. Um, Questions about flexibility and taking sick time and all those things. And then we have some really specific questions about trying to get hired while you're pregnant. Um, (laughs) We got so many questions when we put a call out on Instagram about pumping. Like, Mm, how do you pump? Especially teachers. We heard from so many teachers who are like, literally, how do we do this? So we've got some pregnancy, maternity leave and um, pumping questions in the second half. But first, we're just going to kind of get into it. Um okay. I've got a question from um Jennifer and actually I have another question from Jamie and they kind of go together so I'm going to read them both okay um and then we can kind of dig into it so Jennifer says when I'm taking a sick day because a kid is sick should I admit it or pretend I'm sick likewise <laughs> for kids appointments do I admit I need all this time for kid appointments or should I just say I have an appointment I go back and forth with three kids it's a lot of sick days and a lot of appointments and being completely honest makes it feel like I'm highlighting the downside of being an employee, of employing a mom with small children. And then Jamie kind of in the same way says, I have a really wonderful, flexible employer where adjusting hours and working remotely are almost never a problem. But managing the optics around how often I'm using those options with two little kids is tough. I still think my childless or grown and flown coworkers." think I'm rigging the system. So I think what's interesting is both of these moms are working within a system that allows for them to take sick day and yet they still don't want to take it. (laughs) Right.
2: Right. And a couple key things came through in those questions, right? Optics. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I love the term grown and flown. Me too. That's (laughs) hilarious. I'm going to use that. Um, It's really about the optics to other people that you work with. So whether it's your manager or your coworkers or your colleagues, right? And so oftentimes we're also projecting that upon our colleagues and our managers and they, they actually don't feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're working within a workplace that seems to be quite respectful of, of working parents. right? Yeah. So both of those workplaces seem to be on the, on the side of the spectrum that is already trying to provide a framework where working parents can thrive. Right? Yeah. And so when we're talking about optics, I'll go to the first question first with, um, do I say that my kids are sick? I. Can only give my personal opinion and, and I've talked to a lot of moms in this situation as well. Um, employers have given people sick days to be sick themselves or to caregive for others that are sick. And so I don't personally believe that the optics of saying, Hey, my kid is sick today, so I'm gonna be off is a bad thing. Mm. Right now, it's it's a personal decision. You could say you are sick. I actually would I would play devil's advocate and say, Do you want your employer thinking you're sick that much? (laughs) Right? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um,
2: And instead, just saying, Hey, my kid's sick today. I'm going to be home. Um, You know, I had my kid was sick the other day. Um, He just started kindergarten. So he's brought home every germ that ever existed. Um, Yes. We
1: all know that. And
2: I'm able to stay home with him and he slept for four hours. Right. You know, and I was able to work. And so um, I think being able to be honest and straightforward and just take it for what it is and not, not care about the optics. I know that can be really hard. And so I understand there's many factors. At right. Play. Um, and so I personally would just own up to that on the appointment front. I don't know that you need to say every, like, I think I just say I'm, I'm going out for an appointment mm-hmm. and I just leave it at that. No one ever questions it. So don't over-explain.
1: Right. Don't over maybe the less said <laughs> the better. In in most of these cases, and I think it's funny that like, you're go in you know the one mom is saying um she worries that people think that she's rigging the system and then the other mom is saying but should i kind of rig the system like that right. it's, it's like those opposite sides we kind of go in with these assumptions that yeah. that no one that people are going to be unhappy about what we're doing yeah. and then if we hide it or lie about it or or make it yeah. feel like something it's not then it's harder for other moms it to is. be honest yeah that's an
2: incredible point and i love that point um, that you're really paving the way for other moms and other parents to, quote, unquote, parent out loud at work. yeah. Um, I do not hide that I have kids. Obviously, I work at the mom Project. I realize it's a bit of a yeah, <laughs> a bit of a niche case. But even in my previous roles, um was very upfront about that I had kids, but I'm also showing up every single day and putting in one hundred percent at work. right. I do not feel bad when I have to go to a doctor appointment. and and ultimately, it's about I think it's about this confidence, right? Hmm. that you, are doing the absolute best you can. And I know working moms, and I would say, by and large, they are doing the best they can at home and at work. Mm-hmm. And so if you can just sit with that yourself and be able to empower yourself to take the time for appointments, you know, take the sick days and say who it's for, I think that becomes a really empowering activity, right? right. Because ultimately, if you're getting the respect from your employer that, that you deserve as a valuable part of their their staff, that shouldn't even come into play. And then I think the optics start to go away, right? Mm. Because more parents come up, more parents get hired, more people that used to be non-parents have kids. And and ultimately that's, that's what we want. We want this culture of respect where people can have a life outside of work.
1: And that belongs, um, and that's parents and non-parents. Um, yes. And probably I, I would feel like if I was looking for a searching for an employer, it would be important yeah. to me that they were respectful of everybody and everyone's Absolutely. ability to have a life outside. of
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's interesting on the grown and flown. So we did a, a research study um, about six months ago and really looked at what benefits and perks um, were most important to women. Mm-hmm. And respect is obviously the first one. <laughs> no yeah. surprise. Um, but what was interesting is the grown and flowns, which is what I'm going to call them now, ultimately value the perks that serve those parents that are either, you know, in this acute pregnancy and post-pregnancy phase or with small children, they value those because they know that if those people are valued at work, they will also be valued at work.
1: Yeah. I love it. Um,
2: and so it's really interesting. Um, it was something that we didn't quite expect. Um, but the, so not, I think my nugget here would be the optics that we, that we perceive are not always reality. Mm. Um, and that if you can own your story and what you are and that, you know, sometimes life is temporarily inconvenient (laughs) and that's just life. Yeah. um, That you start to not have that guilt about going to the doctor's appointment or, or whatever it might be.
1: I, and I, another thing I was thinking about is moms in general, we have this um, ability to focus in on the one grumpy person in the room (laughs) who is kind of negative about our parenting or whatever it is. And then, and then inflate that so that mm-hmm. we think that that is what everyone thinks. And so everybody's going to deal with like, there, there's no getting away from that. If you work <laughs> in a workplace with more than like two people, you're going to have that yeah. grumpy coworker who maybe is going to raise their eyebrows at you. And yeah. it's really hard to not like then think that that means everybody feels the exactly. same way. Yes, yeah.
2: that's 100 percent right.
1: Yeah. So what do you recommend when you're working with employers to, um, and I know your work encompasses a lot of different aspects of mm-hmm. like, the life of a working mom, but you're really yeah. working with employers to encourage them to have more family-friendly policies yes. and also working to put those family-friendly employers in front of more moms. Am I correct yes. about that? Okay. Yes, so right. yeah. So when, when you're looking at an employer, what, what looks like flexibility to you? What looks like true mom friendliness to you?
2: Yes. So flexibility is this hot topic. Right. Yeah. Uh, And something that I think we work with companies on and that we work with moms on is flexibility is a very large and broad topic Mm -hmm. and it means something different to everybody. Right. So, for example, going back to our last question, that mom is probably fine being at the office, but needs the flexibility to take sick time when she needs it for her kids Mm -hmm. and to go on appointments. Right. Right. And so we can't have this default of flexibility means 100% remote. I can do the work whenever I need it. Right. Right. And some people do need that. And that is what they go after. And those are the types of roles that they, they really want and need for their lifestyle. And other people are like, you know, flexibility to me means I can come in at nine after I drop my kids off at school and I can work until five. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many variations around flexibility. And so I'll go back to this again, because I think it's so important. But what we're really negotiating for is respect, mm. right? So you as a company value me as a contributor to this company. And ultimately, all of the policies that index under respect, so flexibility, benefits, the perks that come with working at a company, if they are not respected and the culture does not support it, they actually don't mean anything, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So a good example of this is this, this thing that, you know, startups sort of started and has proliferated is unlimited paid time off. This is the best black and white example of, wow, that seems incredible. I can take as much pay time off as I need. So this means as much sick time, as much um, vacation time, all these things. Ultimately, it works incredibly well for companies that really respect and value that. Yeah. It works incredibly the opposite way for companies that don't. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really like, hey, just give me a crappy PTO policy that I know I can use. Right. Right. And so it really comes down to respect. And so when we're working with employers and oftentimes they're, they're struggling to retain working parents, they're struggling to bring on more women. They don't know sort of where the pitfalls are. We'll go in and work with them on a. Um, an analysis of where their biggest drivers and their biggest impact can be. And sometimes that's in flexibility and Mm. what that looks like for them. And then we work on how does that impact over time with retention and loyalty and some of these other things. Um, And so what I think is so interesting about that is, For women, it's what does flexibility really mean to you? And so I use myself as an example. Like, I do not want to have to commute more than 30 minutes each way. Mm. In Chicago, that's like not always a
1: a given. (laughs) That's hard, yeah.
2: Um, And I need to be able to be able to take my kids to doctor's appointments. And I want to be at the stuff that's at kindergarten. um, And it's just something that I need. Um, And ultimately, I I turned down some jobs where I didn't feel like the respect was going to be there. And I didn't feel like I could bring my full self to work. And so getting really clear about what I wanted from a place I was going to devote, you know, 40 to 50 hours of my life every week to was really important for me. And that getting clear on that and then understanding that it evolves over time um, is really interesting. Because I think sometimes we're like, okay, I know what I need. And then you have a baby or you have a second baby. It's like, I something else. (laughs) And now I actually need something else. And so ultimately you want to find an employer that that is respectful as life, you know, life changes. And. The companies that do that do really well. And the companies that are slow to adopt have
0: struggled.
1: So that totally made me think of um, a company that I worked for where the PTO looked really generous, but no one ever got to take it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So right. Like, like okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> there was always some last minute project or some reason, like no, and yes. it was people would get called on, called back sometimes like on, oh. on their PTO. And so I would just be thinking like, this is one of those things that looks fantastic on paper. Right. And maybe in the interview and the culture is so good, but then when you actually dig in, um, so I guess my question for you, like the follow-up would be, are there red flags? Are there things to look for in an interview or questions? Like how specific should you be about your current needs? Do you do that in the interview? Do you wait till an offer? I Uh, do it. We recommend people do it as the interview progresses, mm -hmm. right? I I wouldn't
2: necessarily say it's important at at the screening point, right? right? Um, But ultimately as you move forward in the conversations, The dynamic should really flip to to us interviewing the company, Hmm. right? And that can be done in a very, you know, diplomatic and and effective way without it feeling um, like we're flipping the table entirely, right? What's (laughs) happened is we get into this mode where mentally we're like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And it's like, of course, we want the job that is right for us. But ultimately, like when you can take some of that power back, Uh, and and really evaluate, like, is this the company I want to spend my time with? Like, Mm. then it becomes, and it can be about the job itself, right? Like, what are the real roles and responsibilities? Like, where where am I going to make an impact within the organization? That's really important. You want to be doing rewarding work that you care about. And then ultimately, like, is this a culture I want to be part of? And I think, you know, speaking to the direct manager and speaking to, you know, if you can back channel any feedback, it's also uh, something we recommend as you start to get closer to an offer. Um, but really asking about ex- specific examples of how the culture supports working parents. And I know that that can be a very scary thing because we've been taught to hide mm-hmm. the fact that we're parents in interviews. Yeah. But I don't want to work for any company that would be scared by that question. So if they are scared by that question, see ya.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah.
2: don't want to work here anyway. Um, because like what we've said before, if your company is not down with supporting caregivers of working parents, like who are they down for? Yeah. Nobody that has any life outside of work. Um, and that's probably not a culture that, that really supports people in in various life stages.
1: And, and you're really doing by being so specific, you're really doing them a favor too, because there are resources that go into a new hire and you don't want to be the one that leaves after two weeks or six weeks. That's exactly right. Right. Like,
2: oh, wow, this is not what I was promised. Right. I mean, and and if they can't give specific examples of things they're doing and it's OK if they're not perfect, right? Like, hey, you know what? We realized that we really needed better employee resource groups for working parents. Mm-hmm. So we've kicked off this program and, you know, they'll start to be able to talk about forward momentum and and welcome you to join in that. Right. As opposed to acting irritated. Right. <laughs> that You're even talking about it. Yeah. Um, that's probably a red flag that I. I would not say is gonna be a good fit. Right. And, you know, ultimately you've got hiring managers and, you know, recruiters who are potentially quite junior um, in these conversations. And if culturally the values have not been trickled down to them and they cannot articulate the value prop of working there for people who are not single and 25, mm-hmm. um, then that's also a flaw. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, we, we work with companies. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fairly nuanced thing to get right. But when they, when they really put some effort against it and invest in it, I mean, they reap the rewards, right? They keep incredibly talented people in seats and then also are able to recruit far better talent.
1: I love that. Let's talk about the double-edged sword that this flexible Um, this idea of flexibility can sometimes be, you brought up the whole unlimited PTO and how that can be amazing or (laughs) like awful. Um, But another one that comes up is, you know, with great flexibility comes great accessibility. And so we, there is this feeling that we need to be on all the time. We got a question from um, Stephanie who said, I have a fairly flexible schedule and a very understanding boss, but I also work with people on East and West coast daily. So the time difference is a factor i mm-hmm. um, curious how to keep up while still being present with my family when I'm home. And so it doesn't sound like this is coming from her boss. It's maybe a little more internal or client driven, yep. but still it yeah. still is right.
2: Yes. Yeah. I have some personal experience with this. I took a job in London and worked for an HQ in San Francisco. So it's a nine hour time difference. Yeah. Um, and so it was a forcing function to become very, um, very strict about the working time. Right. Yeah. So for me, my sacred time is that morning from when my kids get up until they go to wherever they're going—school, yeah. care, nanny—and um, then after work, right? So it's let's say it's five thirty to nine, mm. and, and probably beyond that. Let's get real. Um, <laughs> and that you are very clear about when you work, mm. right? So I work between eight thirty a.m. and five thirty p.m. Central Time, and your clients and your company will adapt right unless there's some need right and you're willing to jump in of course but like having that those edges be blurry at all times is a recipe for a disaster right?
1: yes yeah.
2: uh because you just i know because i worked remotely before i had kids and i would literally work from the moment i got up until the moment i went to bed mm-hmm. and i didn't even have kids at the time now i know what real work-life balance has to look like yeah um that's it's why I've become so efficient and productive. Right. And, and so I think again, it's the optics, right? She's worried about the optics. How does this look? I'm not available. And it's just like, you're just not available. Then. Right. Um, like most of us are not working on in emergency rooms where our work saves lives right. daily. Right. And so I, I, even with my own team will say, listen, like, you work when you work and I have really high expectations and we have really high standards and we work really fast, but when we're off, we're off. Mm. And I have all different time zones as well. Um, and I think ultimately like our companies and our clients are not going to do that for us.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Ever.
2: (laughs) Right. Like you're coming like, great, you want to work twelve hours a day? Like, we'll take it. Yep. And so you have to be the one that sets those parameters. And I think when you can get to a place where you're feeling really productive again, and it's about I'm feeling really confident in my work that I put in those eight or nine hours a day. And then when I'm off, I'm off. And I, I think that comes with this experience and then with doing it. And something yes. I do with myself that an old boss of mine used to do with me was what is the worst thing that
1: could happen? I love that. exactly thing. Like, yes. like you said, we're not working in emergency rooms. Most of, yeah, us. Most yeah. of us
2: aren't, those hours are also terrible. Those yeah. I don't have a response for, but, um, but yeah, like what is the worst thing that could happen that a client emails you at seven thirty PM, you know, East coast time and you're offline. Right. And you get back to them the next morning. Like they'll learn that you're not going to reply to them immediately all the time. And, yeah, you know, ultimately that takes a little bit of you know, training.
1: It's discipline. <laughs> and, and you do have to teach people how yes. your, how to treat you and how, what yes. your availability is. Um, yeah. And one possible solution for that, for the, because the, I also work with people on both coasts and what I personally did, because what I found was like people were, I was just setting appointments all the time. So like I would accommodate West coast people whenever. And finally I thought, well, what if there's just one evening a week that I say I'll just work a little bit like one hour block or something. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. That's like what you get or you get me during regular hours. But, and yep. and that was, it was, it kind of felt like a little compromise. Like I was giving a little bit, but not too much. Um, yep. And sometimes like, and then I have control, like, and then yep. I control the rest of my evenings yes. and that felt really good. And I think yeah. that's what you're saying. It's like, you yes. set the parameters and then Other people. Yeah, you set the parameters. And
2: if your boss comes back to you and is like, listen, it's just not working, then you can adapt. Right. right? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, okay, maybe I start early and I end early. Right. But like, ultimately, it's not just going to be like, I'm remote, so I'm on call at all hours. Right. Like, that's absolutely not the future of work.
1: No. And just because <laughs> you have email doesn't mean you have to check in and answer oh, it.
2: <laughs> or those days where it was like you left your office right? and that was it. Yeah. I'm not that old, but.
1: Um, yeah. No, I know. I but like- it, it hasn't been that long since things have ramped up because it's really been yeah. social media that's made it even like there's yes. so many ways people can access you. Oh, my gosh. From yes. any platform. And some of them you yes. use for personal stuff. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
2: know. <laughs> that should be our next startup. It's just
1: combining all of the modes into one portal and then filter out the stuff you don't want to see after like after certain hours now that yes. would be smart like yes. at, at five o'clock like all on messages slack. stop yep.
2: yes on slack you can just snooze notifications yes. Yep. actually that's one of my biggest hacks i do not have slack on my phone
1: oh no that's smart and i just won't put it on there yeah i learned the hard way <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That is smart. I, I don't know that I'm ready to give up that much Slack access just yet, but I know. Well, that's why like, if you don't
2: know any better, you're just
1: like, okay. All well, right. I don't know. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive & June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine.
0: Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive & June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring.
1: Yeah. And Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me.
0: Okay. Well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Colleen. So we are starting with a very nitty gritty question here. And I yes. personally knew someone in this position not too, not too long ago. And I thought to myself, oh, gosh, like, how do you do this? So uh, Lauren says she wants, she wants advice on getting hired or getting a new job while visibly pregnant People will try to be positive and tell you it's totally doable. But in my experience, she says, it's very hard, if not impossible, depending on your field. Would love to hear you guys discuss this.
2: Yes. Um, I won't say that it's super easy. Um, I wish that it was because it should be. Um, I was hired eight months pregnant at the Mom Project. Again, caveat. I know it's the Mom Project and that is what we do. Right. But um even when i was interviewing with them and i was very visibly pregnant obviously at 7 months 8 months um people would ask me like oh are you going to tell them i'm like um have you seen me <laughs> like i don't think i'm going to be able to hide it and right. in some ways that's really empowering because it's just out there right right um it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier um do you want to work at a company that would not hire you right. 8 months pregnant and you probably wouldn't and listen like i from an employer standpoint, I get it because I just made an offer to a marketing director to work here, um, who had given birth a week before. So she's 13 weeks, right. Is the the next time she could possibly start. And I'm like, yeah, it's like temporarily, temporarily inconvenient for me. However, I think she's going to be awesome. And I'm not playing the short game. I'm playing the long game. And let's be real about it. Our paid leave in the U S is not guaranteed. And even our Unpaid leave is twelve weeks. so it's like literally twelve weeks is what we're looking at that, mm-hmm. that it's a minor inconvenience, right for a company and so I think it goes back to some of the things we were talking about earlier where it's you are still interviewing the company and so not to go in feeling like you are in a vulnerable position mm. and owning your story and I know some fields are harder than others and are are more you know aggressive than others with regards to women in general and then pregnancy on top of it. Um, but I think ultimately being able to get through to them that, Hey, listen, like, I know I'm eight months pregnant. I will be able to start, and then I will be going on maternity leave. I can assure you that when I come back X date, I will hit the ground running, you know, which is still a big thing <laughs> to commit to even when you're coming back from maternity. Leave. Right. Um, but ultimately that, you know, this is, you know, people have temporary, life inconveniences. And this is one of them for an employer. Yeah. And that ultimately what you bring to the table supersedes that.
1: I like that. And I, and I think that, um, that confidence is kind of what we keep coming back to, like go in knowing I am the right person for this job. And if you let me slip away, like, I mean, you don't say this out loud, but like that's, if you go with that swagger, (laughs) yeah. then,
2: yeah, I mean, that is how I felt. It was so interesting because I, you know, had consulted for a while and then I was, Got, had gotten pregnant, I get very sick for, you know, six months. And so I really didn't start looking until I was very far along. And, you know, pregnancy has this way of humbling you physically, right? Right. And I went in and it was just like, well I'll take it or leave it. Like you'll get me or you won't. Right. Um and there was a company that I was just like, yeah, I just they had made me an offer and I was like, I just I don't really feel it here. And then of course I was introduced to the mom project and and it, it was great a great match. And obviously they're extremely um, progressive yeah. in their in their approach to, to working women and parents. But, um, but yeah, it is that. It's that confidence. And I know it's just like, it can sound really cliche, but it is when you flip that script and it's like, here's what you're getting. You're not getting a pregnant liability. Mm. You are getting a, you know, 10 years of experience, project manager, software engineer, financial analyst, that is going to join your company and add value. You are going to generate revenue for the company, right? Yeah. This is not a charity case when someone hires. you're Right. You your right. Partner. They're not
1: doing you a favor. It's not just nice. <laughs> yes. like, it's not a
2: nice thing that they're doing. It's like, yeah, great that they've become progressive enough to not penalize people for it. Um, but it's ultimately good for business for them to get it together and figure out how to do this well.
1: Yeah. That makes so much sense. And, and, it, and when you were speaking, it just occurred to me, like, a man could go in and be about to become a dad and they would never even know. Ow. And then he could still no take idea. twelve weeks of leave, you know. Oh, so for sure. Yeah. It like we we kind of we because we're so visible, like it yes. because it could so out exterior and external yes. and everyone can see it, it's like we feel like there's a target on our heads. But we're any any new hire is a risk. And yes. yeah, and anybody could be hired and then, oh, guess what? I'm taking leave. It's it just yeah. yeah. It yeah. just
2: is, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. I, I think you're right. The swagger is important. Even if you have to fake it a little bit and pump yourself up.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, don't apologize for being pregnant.
1: Yeah, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not,
2: you know, we might call it a disability for insurance purposes here. It is not a disability. Right. Um, and it is something that you will come back from and and ultimately want to be in the workforce. So
1: do you have any um experience with or have you talked to moms who while they're kind of figuring out this whole getting pregnant higher while pregnant thing, which might create some um might slow the process down, mm-hmm. is doing consulting work or, you yeah. know, working remote. Like I'm just thinking there might be ways to kind of cobble something together so that you yeah, have something to do with it. That's actually what I
2: was doing. I had okay. joined the mom project originally as um a a mom on the platform just looking for kind of short-term project consultant freelance work. Really because I had gotten to this point where I'm like, okay, like I probably I'm not going to start somewhere full time and then come, you know, go on maternity leave. Um, and that was what I was doing, um, particularly as I couldn't really commute and was in a bit of a spot where that didn't make sense for me. And I'd picked up some interesting freelance engagements, like, you know, some industries lend themselves better to that. But I mean, mm. ultimately we are seeing the shift to contingent freelance, you know, quote unquote gig work. Yeah. Um, and it, which is Facilitated by this ability to work remotely, the technology mm. has increased incredibly over the last couple of years. And so, I think you know, for for people who are looking, like, you know, what maybe I just get something until I go on leave, and you know, I have a spouse that works, and so maybe that's not as important. Being able to take a you know a paid maternity leave, um, and I'm just going to you know make some money until then, and then and then have the mental space to be off. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to job search when I get back. I mean, I've definitely talked to many women who have, have done that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe the, the, the lesson really here is like, just keep moving, like, yeah. you know, keep getting in front of people, keep looking for those yeah. contract gigs. Um, being pregnant can be tiring, but yes. you're going to want like, th- but you're in a place now where you, you have that freedom because the baby's yeah. still on the inside, right? Yes. Baby's still on the inside. <laughs> right. Like
2: you can kind of, you know, have your wits about you yes. with regards to like what is going to work for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's just really like getting clear about like what you can handle. Like I, and brought to my knees by pregnancy, I cannot really bring my like full self mm-hmm. into work because of the way I feel physically. And, um, and so I negotiated when I started at the mom project to work 30 hours a week and, you know, spend two days in the office. And I said, listen, when I come back from maternity leave, I will be like Superwoman. When right. I am not pregnant, I feel amazing. <laughs> I can like pound it out like nobody else. Um, but right now I have right. to be honest with what I can produce. Yeah. And this is what I can do. And it worked great. And it's like no one even remembers that at right. this point. Because I've been back blip. now for a yeah. year. They're just like, oh, like no, like literally someone that works here was like, Oh my God, that's right. You went on maternity leave last summer. I'm like, Yep. Yep. Like things move so fast. People have short memories. Yeah. Like three months is nothing.
1: And like, people are much less focused on you than you think yes, they are. And that's Of course. True in everything. It's like that
2: thing where it's like don't you wish you could go to middle school, back to middle school or high school and realize that nobody cares about anyone else. They only care about themselves. Exactly. You're always thinking that they're thinking about you and they're not. Yeah. I mean, it's similar, right? Little oh, optics it. and you know, kind of projecting our stuff on people. So.
1: Yeah, I love it. Well, let's talk about that maternity leave. I have two questions, yeah. one's from Rebecca and one's from Natalie, and I'll just read them both. Um, so Rebecca says her issue is losing losing years of my career path while taking time off for maternity leave no consideration for the time off when it comes to raises end of year reviews and promotions. How Mm -hmm. can a mom on maternity leave stay relevant in their workplace and still enjoy their leave? And then Natalie says, and then how to have that conversation about scheduling when you come back. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got a six month maternity leave. She said, it feels like it's asking too much to be gone that long and then wanting scheduling accommodations upon return. So like Mm. those are kind of two sides of the same coin.
2: Yeah. We've heard from those people that really get great paid leave. Um, Ultimately, when they come back, it's like this catch 22. Right. Right. And they're like, oh, gosh, I can't ever ask for anything again, which is not true. Right. (laughs) Um, I think ultimately, if you have a company who's willing to give you six months of paid leave, which is at this point, probably the best we see out in the market. um, I think that's a culture that will support what you need to come back and really thrive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we actually have worked with a couple of companies who offer incredibly great paid leave like that on the ramp back period, because that's where we were finding they were losing a lot of people. Mm, Um, So for example, you maybe work at a big four consulting company, they've learned through data that giving great paid leave uh, keeps people at work, but they were still losing people. Um, And ultimately it was because the ramp back period was too aggressive and Mm. people were just not able to make uh, the transition back to work one that worked for them. Uh, And so they were giving away all this leave and then the people were leaving anyway. And yeah. so ultimately they worked on what does that ramp back process look yeah. like? And now they're able to retain a lot better. I love uh, that, and, and
1: again, just like that, keeping in mind, like asking for um, them to accommodate you or asking for a schedule that's flexible means you can do better work. And ultimately it's good for the company. Like this oh my is gosh, always the cost yeah. to replace
2: these people far <laughs> right. exceeds your need to leave at 430 every day. Right. I mean, and so if you're able to, and I think, you know, we get that question a lot. Like, how do I parlay this to my manager? Like, I don't know. And ultimately, it's just like really getting clear on what you need and that breaking down what what that schedule accommodation or that flexibility is and being really clear about how that allows you to do your best work Mm. um, and that you foresee that it will be, you know, I even think coming back in those months from like when you first come back from maternity leave through the baby is about a year old. It's it's a bit chaotic, right? Right. Like you're just kind of getting your footing. The baby is young. They maybe aren't sleeping. When the baby hits a year, by and large, most cases people are feeling a lot better physically and emotionally. The kid is sleeping, right. yeah, the routine is set up. You probably can kind of flex back into like, hey, I travel a little more, or I'm able to work a little bit later because the schedule is, you know, is, is working for everyone. Um, and so helping the managers understand what they can do to make sure that you can perform at your best is translating how it wins for them. Right. So I think ultimately what happens is we, we go into a lot of these conversations and we're a bit emotional and vulnerable because we need an accommodation and that's a hard thing to ask for. Um, we've been taught not to ask for anything. And, and then we, get stuck in this messaging that's all about how, how what we need right and not <laughs> and not connect the dots back to them of like and this is going to allow me to hit all of my goals be more productive yeah and be a top performer on your team yeah that's, managers need to have those dots connected because otherwise they feel like they're just giving it away as opposed to what is the result yeah um so that's the second question the first question was around
1: like w- losing out on oh, things like raises out on opportunities and yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Okay. So we hear this all the time and it's shocking because you're only out for three months, right? It's not like you're gone for a year. Like we live in Canada or Sweden. And then I can see how people sort of, it's like out of sight, out of mind, but anyone who's covered a maternity leave or someone else is like, Oh my gosh, you're back already. Look, I mean, it literally feels like you're barely gone, but what can happen with the timing is you might miss end of year review. You might miss some kind of salary uh, approval process type of conversation and so ultimately i think for this what makes the most sense is that you have you really have to build these allies before you go out right and so that could be your direct manager that could be you know a peer that you really trust um, someone on your team if you're a high- level manager to keep you and be your your ally and your confidant at work mm-hmm. right okay so i don't think that people should be their phones blowing up while they're on maternity leave about work stuff. But ultimately I think women do want to be looped in by a very trusted conduit into the organization about when things are happening or conversations that need to get, that need to happen, need to happen to move things forward. Mm, Right. Yeah. I don't think managers should be calling women while they're still in the hospital. (laughs) Um, but you know, if someone's out and it's like, wow, the salary review things happening and you're, back in three weeks, could we jump on the phone and talk through what that looks like for you so that when you come back, you haven't missed it. But ultimately we have to take ownership of that. Not that I think we should have to, but I think it makes good business sense to have these conduits that flag conversations and that you make it really clear before you go out with your manager. Hey, listen, I'm still very ambitious and I still want to have these opportunities. So while I'm out, I would love for you specifically to keep me posted about how these things develop.
1: Yeah, and and it doesn't sound like this is terribly time consuming. We're just talking about being intentional and having like almost strategically set up so that you can spend a couple of hours, you know, taking care of like just staying on the radar. Um, it's good for you, and it's good for it's just good for everybody. So why not do it? That's exactly right. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's exactly
2: right, and it you know no one should be bothered by day to day business, right? You know, during maternity leave, but ultimately, or to say like. I'm going to be totally offline. And I will say on both of my maternity leaves, I've been totally offline. Mm. I did have some trusted confidants that I had keep me abreast of anything wild happening. Yes. Um, but that I had set up a meeting with my boss two weeks after I came back from leave to discuss my career progression. Mm. Um, and that it was a conversation that was booked four months in advance. Right. we so knew it was coming. And that we would talk about it. And so that he did not forget about me right. while I was out. <laughs> Yeah. He didn't forget about me because he realized how much work I was doing when he had to take it over. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, which is also kind of an eye opening thing for your manager. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's being intentional and um, owning how that comes about and not not expecting or I guess, yeah, not expecting that. That those conversations will just come without a little bit of nurturing. It
1: feels like there's a different. We're like drawing the distinction between um, the day to day work of your job, which you're taking a break yes. from, and the managing of your career, which is yes. is kind of your responsibility. And so those are two separate things. Like, yes, yeah, that's, that's right, exactly. But don't email me about the board of directors meeting, right? Um, I'm <laughs> but if not I'm going to miss out on something, let me know, right? Yeah, like, but yeah. if there's
2: like a new project or big opportunity that I could be The best
1: candidate for, please call and talk to me about it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up soon, but I have to say we have, we got like probably 17 questions about pumping. Pumping. And and it's so funny because like so many employers have put in these pumping rooms, and I do feel like a lot of it was a PR move and it looks really (laughs) great, but it's kind of like the PTO. Is it? Does it make any sense to have a pumping room that no one can use or that too many people need to use at once or whatever? So I'm wondering like what, what you hear from moms about that, what your experience has been. And if you just have any suggestions for navigating that. That is the right analogy.
2: Yes. (laughs) Super fancy pump rooms. Now with my first child, I pumped in a supply closet. Um, and that was not that long ago, five years ago. Um, with my second one when I came back to the mom project, we had a pumping room. I also had, you know, pretty full autonomy over my schedule and and took many phone calls from the the private pumping room. I only had to battle one guy that was trying to meditate in there once. Oh my gosh. That uh, he so did funny. not work at our company. Um oh, so we worked in a co-working space. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Um no, don't mess with a mom that needs to pump if exactly. you're trying to meditate. Other moms, yes, fully supportive of that. Um I think it comes down to the same thing. It's respect, right? So it's, it's, we have these great perks and we have this beautiful pumping room and we put it all over, you know, whatever industry publication would cover it. And look how progressive we are, which is great. It's a good start, right? It's, it's a private space. I feel for the teachers and nurses who don't have that type of private space Mm. yet, although required by law that you do have a private space that is not a bathroom to pump in. Um, don't pump in the bathrooms. just don't do it better than that yes (laughs) Yes. um but ultimately it's about respect and what we hear a lot from moms is exactly what you're talking about with oh yeah that would be great except for i get booked back to back to back to back for six hours at a time which does not allow me to pump and so ultimately again it goes back to having to advocate for yourself work with your manager um be confident that this is a protected thing by law you are you have the right to pump at work Um, and you need to block out the time for it. A way I dealt with it personally was that I would schedule things with colleagues who knew I was pumping because the noise can be strange. Um, you know, one-on-ones with my team, Mm. things that I could do from the pumping closet, I used to call it, um, that weren't disruptive to my work.
1: Um,
2: and that I was able to do. And so being able to gain autonomy over um, what you do in that 30 to 45 minutes when you need to be in that, you know, pumping space, uh, and that your managers and and teammates and colleagues, um, respect that. Mm. I I think, again, it's, it's a limited amount of time, right? Right. It's a temporary critical pain point though, that if you can, you know, say like, Hey, listen, I want to be involved. I want to do this, you know, at 11 and three every day, I'm going to need this hour, and I'm going to either work independently, you know, do email, whatever it is, respond to things, um, or I'm going to take calls that are with our remote teams. And I'm going to, that's how I'm going to spend those times. And then it's just basically like, you cannot be blocked over. Right. Um, and then, then you just have to advocate for that time and, and not, not allow people to to trance over it. I mean, it would basically be like, no, we're not going to allow you to like use the bathroom at a time that you need to. And it's like, right. This is a physio- <laughs> physiological need. There is yes. no Bumping
1: it out. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and let's be honest here. I mean, a lot of organizations are and and people within those organizations are just meeting happy and they wanna mm-hmm. they love going nothing more than going in your schedule and adding stuff to your calendar. And whether mm-hmm. you're pumping or have to use the bathroom or like want to eat lunch or whatever, like you have to own yes. a part of that count cal- and and say no. And the first time you decline that meeting or say, Oh, I'm sorry I'm not available, I think Lee said sometimes is better. It's Mm -hmm. scary, but then like once it's been done once, it's like usually not a big deal.
2: Yeah. And like what's again, like what's the worst right thing that can happen? And and there might be things that truly are critical, right? Like your boss really needs to meet with you. Okay. Once in a while you can accommodate. But like having to just accommodate everyone all the time like just won't work for you at this very specific period of time. I will also say for me, um, it was like a mental health break because it was the only time literally all day that I was alone. Yeah. Um, like i have have little kids at home. I have lots of people running around needing things at work. And it was like those two times a day that I could feel a little more, um, space physically Mm -hmm. from people helped me be really productive. And so again, I think it's, um, truly advocating for, for yourself and understanding that the motherhood supports you. You are doing a service for future moms coming back from maternity leave, um, at your company. Um, it, it it does make a difference. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately like, I don't know many people who enjoy pumping, right. Right. Not like this exciting thing that people love doing. We do it out of necessity and we do it, you know, as a way that, that we feel strongly about feeding our babies and, um, that, that desire should be accommodated. Yeah. If you are expected to work at an office.
1: Yeah. And I I love that like this all of these things really tie together. It's about the respect. It's yeah. about advocating for yourself. It's about realizing that everybody, everybody, whether they have babies or not, needs white space in their calendar yes. and needs a break. And like you're yeah. not any different or worse or less committed because you want to be totally. a human. Um, you That's just exactly happen right. to have a, a kid or you a just baby. You happen to have a kid, right? Yep. And it's yeah. like
2: and and as working parents, you know, I, I think there is that trope where it's like. Oh, I'm worried my like non coworkers are mad at me. It's like they're not actually mad at you. Yeah. They also are worried about the optics of when they want to go do something at five o'clock and they feel like they can't leave. Yeah. Well, great news. You also can leave at five o'clock. Right. Like, if you have a life outside of work that's important to you, which hopefully everyone does, then own it and go. Like I wish I had done that more. I didn't have to run home and run a gauntlet of bedtime and dinner. I wish I was, you know, a little bit owned my schedule at that point, too. So ultimately, like a culture that supports working parents and working moms specifically should support all people and, and their endeavors outside of work.
1: I love it. Well, Colleen, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you Thank so you. much.
2: Thank you for having me. Of this was course. so fun. I let's... want to do this every Friday. Oh, okay. Let's, let's do it.
1: <laughs> we can I just plan it. and put on the schedule, right? I'll put <laughs> no, it on your calendar without asking you first. How's yeah, that Yeah, that's sound? okay. I'm not pumping anymore. I'm out of that phase of my life. So. Um, I do want to add, like, I want to make sure that everyone knows like what the mom project might have to offer them, even if you sure. are maybe um, not working at the moment or kind of easing back into the, the workforce, or if you're happy with your, at your job, there's still a community yeah. that you might be able to benefit from. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that and where to find out. Absolutely.
2: That. So uh, originally the mom project was founded in 2016 to solve the pain point of how can these highly accomplished professional women, um, tap into opportunities for rewarding work with these companies. Mm. Right. And so that was originally the pain point that we built the, the company on. Um, Looking forward, and, and we still are doing that, obviously, that's the core part of our business. Looking forward, we've realized there's this other pain point, and it's come through all of these conversations we've had with women, whether they're working you know, in the home or they're working outside the home. We have a mantra, all moms work. And so we're looking at how do we build that support and the network and the resources that these women are, are lacking, right? We, we hear it every day. I can't find the right network to get to my next role. I don't understand how to be part of this working world when I've stepped out for a while. And so we're trying to build a community platform that would support women at all stages of working motherhood. Um, and so we have some exciting things coming up. So we're looking at um, launching that in, in 2020. And so people, you know, women can join the network right now. You know, you're able to be matched with interesting opportunities, whether you're passively looking or not. Um, being able to join, um, we're bringing on new employers every day. We just brought on Twitter. I mean, so we've got some really exciting companies that are hiring for um, incredible jobs, both remote and on site. Um, and then we'll be launching this community very soon. So I, I would love people to be part of
1: it. So if they just go to the momproject.com and then click that blue join button in the, in the upper right hand corner. Yes. All right, yep. ladies, yes. do it. Um, I just think it's really it's a fantastic and a very exciting time for moms in the workplace. And I just yes. think there's just so many like your organization. And I think employers are getting it more and more. And it's just yes. it's a good time to be where we are. So very it exciting. Is. Well, awesome. thank you again, Colleen. And we will be talking soon. I guess we'll just talk every Friday. How's yes. That perfect. Thank you so much, Megan. <laughs> thank you. Have a good All day. Right. You Bye. too. Thanks again to Colleen from The Mom Project. I hope everyone will check out themomproject.com regardless of where you are in your career or if you're taking a break. Um, I just think it's a really great resource and I'm so thankful that she was on the show with us today. Just a reminder to check out our sponsor Kiko USA because you all can get 20% off a car seat or travel system if you use the code MOMHOUR until November 8th. So go to kikousa.com, that's C-H-I-C-C-O-U-S-A.com and use the code MOMHOUR and you'll save 20% off your next car seat or travel system. Talk to you soon. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter.
0: Well, you know, I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just
1: look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your
0: podcasts or head to theteasmade.com
1: to find all the episodes.
0: Hey, everyone. We have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following The Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to.
1: If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.